Hello and welcome to the Mommy and Me podcast. This podcast is hosted by a mommy and daughter duo. We dive deep into the things of life from our very own perspectives. We help Generation X, Millennials, and Generation Z deal with the trials of life. We cross-connect the age groups to see eye to eye and get a better understanding of why we each do what we do. So stay tuned and let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Mommy and Me podcast. I'm Simone, the mom. I'm Nicole, the daughter. (laughs) And together we are Mommy and Me. (laughs) Okay, so how you been, though? You been good? Yeah, I've been good. Just went to the park with Jace this morning and yeah. actually got to teach him something and he paid attention. Nice. Oh, yeah. he's going to be so big. I am so blessed to have this opportunity to work with my daughter on this podcast. And um, we just wanted to be able to share our experiences and our time together with people who may be thinking and going through some of the same things that we're thinking and thinking of and going through. So today's topic is a big one. I don't know how you felt, but when I found out that I was pregnant with my first child, I was so taken aback. I had a lot of mixed emotions. I didn't know what to do, what to think. Um, so let's take, let's let's run let's run that back, okay? Mm-hmm. So back in nineteen uh, <laughs> ninety something, I can't remember. My first son was born in nineteen ninety three. I was twenty two years old and hadn't really gotten any. I hadn't gotten anywhere in terms of going to college. Like I was going to college, but not really seriously. And I graduated high school. I had big plans because I was going to go away and do mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And then I met your dad, like the same year I got out of high school. And we quickly became engaged and eventually found out a few years later that um, after a long engagement that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, I did not know how to feel, how to think, even though I was out of the house. I was on my own with your dad. We, you know, engaged, living together and and just living life. And I started to feel like sick, you know, I didn't know exactly how I wasn't thinking about um, what the symptoms were or this or that. I was just trying to go to work and go to school and come home. And then next thing you know, here, here goes the nausea, the waves. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I am pregnant. Now, back then, <laughs> back then it was a big deal because I personally, for me, now this doesn't speak to anybody else's experience, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have, my goal was not to have children outside of wedlock. Right. I, that's that, that was my that was my personal goal, one of my goals. And so your dad and I had already had a wedding date uh, set 
for the month of August when I found out that I was pregnant. So then we went ahead and moved it back a couple of months so that I wouldn't be so far along Mm -hmm. going down the aisle. But the thoughts, the thoughts that ran through my mind, it's like, what is my mom gonna, what is my mom gonna think? Right. What's my dad gonna think? What's it? But 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 see, at that point, I'm out of the house. I was 22 years old. Mm. So to, to right, to have that kind of those those thoughts going through my mind. I think I just really wanted to do, like I said, I just want to do the right thing. I, was, I felt I was too young, that I was too inexperienced. I had no clue of how I was going to make this work. But those are my initial, my initial responses. Being fear, uncertainty, That'd be a lot of crying. A lot. And that was just a lot, a lot, a lot of crying and a lot of self-doubt. I think it was self-doubt. You know, what about you? How did you feel? Uh, wow. When, ooh, when I got pregnant, it was, I don't know. I felt like I knew when I got pregnant. It, it was something like in my body where I was just like, something is not right. Mm-hmm. Like, like immediately after, I kid you not. And I was like, hey, honey, hey. And, mm-hmm. you know, Josh and I were dating at this time in college. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to need you to go get some, you know, tests. <laughs> he was like, man, we just did it. Like, what do you even talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so we took the test and we thought it was a faulty test because we didn't get a result within, you know, the five, 10 minutes that it says, to, you know, get a result. Two hours later, we didn't get a result. So we're like, oh, this is faulty. And when we woke up the next morning, it said positive. I was like, nah, it's ripping. Then I, it's what, summer break now. And he goes back home to South Carolina. I go down to Palm Beach. And I'm in the shower and I'm like, my breasts hurt. Like, this is not mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? Like, the shower, like, it hurt. Speaking to uh, Tiki, I was like, hey, I need to, can we go get a test? Mm-hmm. Turns out I was pregnant. So immediately, like my heart sank because I'm like, my parents, what are they going to think? Like the same reaction. Right. Had. I'm like, the difference is I wasn't, well, no, yeah. there was no Talking difference. Background. I was just a little younger. Yeah. Uh, I was what, 19? No, you hadn't, you hadn't turned 19 yet. Oh, wow. No, I got pregnant at 18. My birthday was coming up in like a month or two. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, talk about that. Okay. So, so that piece, right? Uh Okay. I was 22 and you were 18. You had just graduated high school. You just finished your first year, your freshman year at college Mm -hmm. and really trying, finding your footing, right? In the adult world, in the adult space of going to college and, 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 and doing things for yourself, your own independence and everything. And now you're just finishing up your college freshman year. Right. And you're at your cousin's house, Takara, and she, you're taking the second test after you've just moved out of your dorm and everything, you put stuff away 
and boom, here we are. It was hard. It, it seemed unreal because I'm like this. I didn't think that it would happen to me. I would see some of my friends from high school. I was like, oh, they pregnant. That ain't going to happen to me. I promise. Mm-hmm. And here we go. God's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Silly rabbit. <laughs> so that like, I was just, my head was swimming. I'm like, I, I knew that Josh was already going to be there because of the type of guy that he is, type of man that he is. But my thing was, I was supposed to be president of this club. I was going to start this organization. I was going to be, you know, I was supposed to be doing this, that, and the third with the university. And mm-hmm. I was like, how am I supposed to go to college with a baby strapped to me? Like, I felt like that was going to be really challenging, especially living in the dorms. I was like, I don't have a job, so I can't afford to stay in an apartment. And I was like, how do mm-hmm. I even work with the baby? Like, I was like, this all just se- seemed so impossible for me. Exactly. Yep. I get it. So now you're home, right? You've come home for <laughs> for summer break, mm-hmm. right? And we are at the dinner table. Oh my gosh. So my husband and I were at the dinner table and Nicole comes home. Hey y'all, let's take a quick break to shout out our sponsors. Who are you? How are you supposed to behave? And what in the world is a woman's true identity? Society has had women confused about who they really are, but no more. In 60 Day Affirmations for Daughters, Wives, and Mothers, Nicole dives deep into the Bible and breaks down who you really are in Christ. In this book, you'll realize who you are, what you're called to do, and recognize the power and authority that is gifted to you as the daughter of the Most High God. This is not a book to skip over. If you are someone or you know someone that's been struggling to discover their identity, this is the book for you. So don't wait any longer. Grab your book, grab your copy by going to nicolecodom.com forward slash books. Again, that's Nicole codom.com forward slash books. Now let's get back into the episode. I'm with her, one of her brothers and they're hanging out, you know, and I, and I can sense something was not right with you. Yeah. Because oh. you were, I, I, I can, I can tell. I just can tell when my daughter has something on her mind and you just looked at us. And I was like, you okay? And you gave me this little half smile, nervous. You were so like a little, like a little mouse, just shivering. (laughs) And before you said it, I knew it. And your brother wasn't in the room. He had left. So it was just my husband, Steve, you and myself sitting at the table. So then I said, all right, Nikki, what's wrong? And you said, I have something to tell you all with tears in your eyes and a trembling voice. What did you think we were going to say or do? What did you say, first of all? What did you say to us? I don't remember. You don't remember because you were so nervous? Yeah. 
you said, and now it's not verbatim because, you know, of course, mm-hmm. I'm not going to claim that this is exactly what you said, but you were like, I'm pregnant. And you just broke down crying. Yeah. And I just sat there. I just sat there and I'm thinking, my Lord, not, not again, is honestly what I thought. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't, I didn't want the, the repeated cycle of struggle right. for, for you. You know, I asked you, and this is, and, and this is no condemnation. Let me just be clear with the listeners. I'm not condemning my daughter. I'm just going through what my mindset was at the time. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear to you too, honey, I'm not condemning you because I'm so grateful to have Jace right now. Right. right. Um, I just didn't want you to have to experience any type of undue struggle as a young parent when you were just on the precipice, on the cusp of getting into your womanhood, of finding out who you are, of growing into who God has brought you into this world to be. And you were doing so many, you know, great works on campus and being getting recognized, getting involved and coming out of the teenage shell. Right. Or yeah, the teenage protective type of mode that you were in. Mm-hmm. And I saw you, you know, blossoming. You were you had um gotten involved with uh some really great organizations on campus, hosting events and, and doing all those things. So all of those things came to my mind at one time. And it it brought me back to where I was when I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. Wow. Now the difference is you were you were able to go away to college, whereas I hadn't yet stepped into that arena. I started working. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you start making money or a little what you think is money, right. it's like, okay, do I really want to give that up and go back to school? So when the so the mindset, right? My mindset. Um, was this is going to be hard because back then all I knew was you got to go to work, you got to clock in, you've got to make this cash. And I did not know of alternative routes to be able to sustain your family. Right. Not like we have now, but that's, a, that's another segment, but okay. So back to the, the table. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm sitting there. Steve didn't say anything. I'm looking at you and you're all torn up, toe up. <laughs> I mean, so, really. Go ahead, take it back now. What are you thinking? My heart was racing because I didn't want you guys, like for me, one of the biggest words that impact me is the word I'm disappointed in you. And that's one of the words that I didn't want to hear. So I thought I was going to hear it. Because I'm like, they wanted me to go to college when I didn't want to go to college in the first place. And here I am. I accomplished my first year and I'm pregnant. Like, I was not expecting that. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. so in college, I'm going to complete it because I want to finish what I start. Right. That's, that was one of the um, habits that I wanted to get into doing is just finishing what I started. Yeah. And I was like, I I didn't want, I don't know. I didn't want any judgments. I, I was just so like, 
this is crazy. It's unreal. You know, yeah. how am I going to do this? I don't want to put distress on my parents. So that that's really what was going on in my mind. You know. Mm-hmm. So did you hear those words? I'm disappointed in you. For me, um, you said it. I think did you did I say it. That? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you did. Either you did or Steve did. Um, it was like a day or two after. Like I was mm-hmm. just sitting on the couch and, and somebody, I don't remember if it was you or Steve, but like we're just a little disappointed. You know? Yeah, okay. I don't recall if I said that or not. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, I wanted you to know that I was hurt because of all things I asked you not to do. That was the biggest thing, mm-hmm. right? Right. Don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. I can't control what you do. You know, when you're off to college, it's a reality. That's when parents have to, and they, parents need to get to a point where they can trust their children to make the right call in the right moment. And even if they're, the children are going to do something that you don't necessarily agree with, be safe with it or, or protect yourself from the ramifications that can be lifelong impacts on their life and everybody around them. So, you know, with me just saying, don't get pregnant at that point, it was because I really wanted you to find you and find your way. And before you had to worry about taking care of someone else, because yet again, this is for another segment. <laughs> Yeah, another episode for sure. Oh my goodness, another episode where it, it, it's a lot. You know, just being a being a parent is a lot. If I did say I, I was disappointed, and I don't recall, so and I know you can't either. It was solely because I just wanted to protect you right. from that. You know, and that was that was something else. Now, when I told my parents back in the day. <laughs> They were like, oh, no, okay. good, good luck with that. No, it's great because I was already out of the house. Right. I left the house when I was 19. I moved in with your dad. And because we were engaged, again, I got engaged rather quickly after high school. But again, we had an extended relationship or extended engagement. Mm-hmm. And you know, at that point, my parents loved me, but there's there's nothing they can really do for me in that regard. Right. So it was a little different back then. It's like, you're already out in the house, so what did you expect, almost? Right. You know, and however, they were very supportive um, throughout and even beyond and even up till now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very, very supportive. It's that initial I am pregnant was a whirlwind. Because it, it's like you, you just don't expect it, you know, sometimes. And I mean, you, you, what's that? What's that saying? If you're not old enough to care for a child, you shouldn't be having sex anyways. Yes. Yes. It's true. <laughs> yeah. My dad used to say, yeah, because it's 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 challenging. So my dad used to put it in this way. And I think it was about me, the way I talk back sometimes and, you know, just getting sassy as I'm getting older or making comments on things that I probably had no business making comments on. But the, the thing is, he said it was 
your mouth is going to write a check that your body can't cash. Mm. Okay, so that means you're out here talking a good game and now your body's going to have to come and do what it's got to do, but now you're going to have to pay up, right? We went out, we had sex, we we talked good, mad cash trash, ooh, baby, I'm going to do it to you in in ways that's going to blow your mind. And then (laughs) we... Okay. And then here we go. Just as pregnant and crying. <laughs> so our mouths wrote checks that our bodies couldn't cash. Right. So, but man, that was a weird, that was a weird uh, analogy. But anyway, you get the point. So yeah. my thing is now, what advice can we give those just found out that they're pregnant? Right. Yeah. College or maybe even in high school, their circumstance is they may not have supportive parents like how we have. They may not have the right environment for their children. They may not, like, these are the things like how, what exactly can we advise them to do? Because that's challenging. Yeah. That is very challenging. It is. It is challenging. Um, Personally, I would think that, you know, seeking some type of uh, counseling, maybe someone in your, if you have a, a church mm-hmm. affiliation, if the young lady is, is affiliated in the church and um, finds uh, solace in speaking to an elder or someone in the church. That they trust. That, might, that they trust. Yeah. And just for sound advice, this, I mean, even if it's just to listen. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, in that moment of realizing you're looking down on the test stick or the test strip, your life has changed forever. Right. It's changed forever. There's a little person that you're creating now, you know, and you're still young, teens, you know, and, and whatever. And, and however, the mechanism of pregnancy came about, that's, a, that's again, another topic, but it's... It's really, it's really important to, to like Google um, your resources or internet search your resources to see who you can speak with in terms of counseling, your school counselor. Exactly, exactly. If you don't, yeah, if you're young and you're listening to this, young school-age uh, children, and you find yourself in a situation where you don't feel that you can talk to your parents or something, seek your guidance counselor or a school counselor, the school nurse may have resources uh, available to her to um, to help you at least get started down the right path, getting to a clinic, applying for Medicaid, you know. And I would say, like, one thing is be careful who you speak to, though. Be careful, mm. like, with your friends who may not have experience, which you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to give you the sound advice that you need. Good uh, point. So I feel like that's very important. You may have one or two friends that you can actually trust who will give you wise counsel. But if your friends are drama filled or they're um, like drama magnets or fighting magnets or whatever the case is, don't be careful. I would advise you just not to tell them why, because you have to be careful about who you're telling your secrets to. Yes. Um, 
And especially if they're drama magnets, they're probably going to gossip and it's, it, it, it'll just cause more stress on you than what you need. It's I, true. Yeah, I think that's really important because you have to be careful. These babies are need to be protected. And if you're stressing, find a way to relax, take bubble baths, go for walks, do mm-hmm. something, uh, journal, paint, do art, play basketball, like something. That, take a shower. Take a, a shower. nice hot shower, you know? It's it's amazing what a, a rejuvenating shower. I mean, if you have facilities, and I'm not being funny with that, I'm saying some people may not have facilities, but find a way to, to cleanse your self and it will help cleanse your mind right. and, and clear up some thoughts, maybe even write down your thoughts. If yeah. you can't, if you can't articulate to someone, write it down mm-hmm. and write down what you're feeling. I was going through something at one point and my mother told me to write a letter, to, write a letter to God and, and let him know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I, at least it was, I was able to transfer those heavy thoughts from burdening my mind yeah. onto paper. And it was a relief. So if you're out there and you're challenged with something, it might not be pregnancy or something, you know, write it down, write it down and get those thoughts off of your mind and then seek help from a trustworthy source. Right. Yeah. Definitely the first step. And if, if you're not sure that you can talk to your parents directly, write it down. Yeah. Down and leave them a note, you know, and, and just trust that everything's going to be okay. You know, there are many resources out there. I don't know all of them, but like resources where ladies can get help and, you know, all this other stuff. And if you're in college, there's ways people go to school with their children. They, they talk to your administrators, you talk to housing and you talk to housing and you see like what housing units they have available for people who have families. Cause I know at Valdosta they had so my good tell me about girl <laughs> oh my listen y'all my daughter oh she was so she struggled that poor baby she struggled so tell me about you were working in a daycare now don't mention the name but you were working in a daycare as a teacher yeah and you're around these little three-year-olds all day dealing with morning sickness around three-year-olds okay so so tell me about that. How did that experience go? Did you ever think it would end? Um, I knew it would end because I don't work for people. <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about nausea, girl. The morning sickness. The morning sickness. Yes. The morning sickness. No, I thought it was going to last the entire pregnancy. What was it? When did it begin? I think it began in like, my second or third month of pregnancy and it lasted for so long it did I I felt like I was like yo I am throwing up everything I couldn't eat leftovers and that was like Mm -hmm. the hardest thing I'm like I want this chicken from like why can't I eat this maybe it was too greasy I don't know Mm -hmm. but every moment I just felt like I couldn't get up I couldn't go for a walk if I was sitting in the car for too long, I would get nauseous and I would want to throw up. And sometimes I'd have to hold it back if I could. But that was that was really hard because I couldn't go out to eat. Remember when we went to uh, Kiki's? Mm. Oh, yes. Kiki's I was, 
breakfast cafe or something. Yeah. And you couldn't eat it. Mm-hmm. Eat my food. And I was like, yo, this is trash. Get him out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me give birth already. And you weren't even in your out of your set first semester, first trimester yet. Exactly. You were done with it. But yeah. And then you lost weight. And- I lost a lot of weight. And even with working, that was hard too because you have these three-year-olds who don't understand. They're like, oh, you have a baby in your belly? Oh my goodness, can we see it? And I'm like, how are you going (laughs) to? But it was challenging because some days I would wake up just vomiting all throughout the night. Then I have to get up and put on this face and, and, you know, because they're kids, so they don't understand. So that was challenging and dealing with their parents and you know, the parents understood, but they were also like, you got to take care of my child. Exactly. Because they're paying, right? You're paying someone to be the caretaker mm-hmm. while they're not able to because they have other obligations to go meet, whether it's work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now they're coming in and the caretaker's not feeling well. Well, that means you're not at 100%. So did you miss anything? Did you? Yeah, yeah I can understand mm-hmm. that. My um, bouts with nausea. I was nauseous from day one through the sixth month of pregnancy. With my first pregnancy, I've had three children. With my first pregnancy, they had to hospitalize me twice because I was so severely dehydrated and had lost so much weight. They thought it was going to affect the baby. Mm -hmm. And so I I couldn't hold anything down. I couldn't hold water down. And I used to, it turned into not right, not it transitioned from morning sickness into afternoon sickness because I worked 4 p.m. till midnight in a, a business office at a hospital where we used to live. So my morning started at 3 p.m. So when I got to go to work and then when I would come home, I would uh, go to bed by one and I would literally sleep from 1 a.m until I had to get up to like three in the afternoon and I had to force myself up because I was so weak and malnourished at one point that, you know, they were wondering, they were like, what's going on with you? You're not, the baby needs sustenance. You need to be able to eat something, tried medications, tried suppositories, you know, where you have to put that up your, your rectum. So, because if you're throwing up, you can't take a pill. So I'd have to have suppositories to help quell the nausea. And I mean, pregnancy, although I, I loved this, the, the last trimester for like a month or two. Because <laughs> when you get ready to deliver, you just, I want it out. Yeah. And all of you guys were post your date and expected date. But yeah, the first, my first shot was two weeks after my expected date. And I my pelvis popped when I walked. It was so, I, I would walk like, a cowboy, just one foot out wide and the other foot out wide. I couldn't walk like a regular, you know, one foot in front of the other. The nausea was ridiculous. Had to get, you know, IVs, uh, hydration, and pretty much just do what I could to get nourishment in. I couldn't even take my prenatal vitamins because they made me so sick. You had a very uncomfortable journey with pregnancy your first go round like that all of them all of them yeah no I would have stopped I would have been like Listen. <laughs> use the only child honey use a the use only. a use the. okay 
Okay, period. Because with Jace, my only one right now, it it wasn't all that bad. Like the nausea was the worst of it. Mm-hmm. But I think my last semester with him, it was smooth. That it was pretty mm-hmm. smooth towards the end. After the baby yeah. shower, I was like, yeah. all right, get him out now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he what delivery was easy. Quick. It was it, it hurt, but it was quick. Yeah, because I went into labor for 17 hours with yeah. him. And then the actual delivery was what less than 30 minutes? 30 minutes. Yeah, you the pushing. Yeah. It was a few, oh, you had a few, not even 10 pushes, not even maybe five to six good pushes yeah his head was almost out by the time the doctor came in yes i remember that and i because because the lady kept checking you and you were progressing fast Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay because i'm a nurse and i have worked on um before i became a nurse i was um, a unit secretary on an obstetrics floor yeah obgyn floor so I know that babies, ladies with their first babies typically take a very long time, especially if they've had an epidural. And I know at one point you didn't want an epidural. Not so hard to not to get that epidural. <laughs> I remember just thinking, she's progressing pretty fast because she was checking you. She's like, oh, you're X amount of centimeters dilated. Okay, you still got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the way you were like, oh my goodness, your contractions were getting quicker and more close and more intense. And I'm like, okay, she needed to come back in and check you again. And she says, I just checked her. But you had, again, advanced the 10 centimeters of where you needed to be. And you were just about 10 centimeters the very last time I checked. And she literally had just walked out the door. She walked out the door. It hadn't even been three three minutes five minutes and I said no no I gotta call nurse can you please come check her and that's when Jason's head was right there on the perineum yeah and she's like oh (laughs) we better get the doctor and you were trying your best she's like don't push don't push and you're like what (laughs) well you didn't say that but your face your face was oh my gosh So everybody rushed in, they set up the whole room, broke the bed down, you know, and um, when the doctor walked in, they gowned, he washed his hands, they gowned him, gloved him, and he went down in for the catch. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He just caught him and then that beautiful baby was crying and then mommy was crying. I was trying not to cry, but I cried. Okay, everybody was crying. Just crying. No, even when the doctor came in, he was like, "How? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly? They're all just strolling in a yeah. He was like, "Oh, oh, yeah," because he came to see you first. He walked over to you, and then he saw Jason's head. Yeah, the crown, the crown of his head, with all that hair, that baby. Yep, that baby has so much hair. <laughs> so he went and got he scrubbed in and got gowned and gloved and sat on the stool and did what he had to do. And there right. you go. But that was, yeah. that was pretty cool to being able to experience actually pushing. Mm-hmm. It, my personal experience wasn't that bad, even though I almost ran out of epidural as mm-hmm. I was late, as I was de- delivering him. But mm-hmm. how was it for you with your C-sections and that recovery process? I know it's a longer recovery process with that. Okay. 
So the, I did have three C-sections. I labored with my first two because they wanted to see if I could go ahead and, and, and do a vaginal delivery. So a C-section, if you don't know what that is, is a cesarean section where you have to go to the, the operating room and they have to take the baby out by making an incision in the lower part of your belly. So with you, with my third child, I scheduled hers because I said, I'm not going through that again. <laughs> I'm not going through that. I picked her birth date and <laughs> went and got my hair and nails done and went ahead in night before, had my reservation. But we'll talk about that. But anyway, the first the first time I labored with your brother, Brandon, I was in labor over 30, 30 something hours. Wow. And yeah, the Pitocin, the drug that they use to be able to intensify the contractions to be able to move the baby down into the birth canal was at double the normal rate that they normally would use. Um, and I, my contractions were mild to moderate. So it, it wasn't really doing what it was supposed to do. And since they had the amniotic sac had been ruptured, you know, now we're running risk of that protective barrier being gone. We didn't want the baby to get infection and all of that after being exposed for so long, but really still inside of me. Right. So now we were at the point where I didn't have much fluid left. They're pushing down with the Pitocin and it's causing my baby to be in distress. His heart rate started to dip. Oh no. And I started to get fatigued. So then they had to call the doctor in and say, okay, let's get the OR to book the OR stat now because the baby's in distress. So I had the epidural on board and the doctor didn't think it had to do with the epidural because it's just the way, it's just the way my body is, my body. Everybody's, everyone is different. We went to the operating room and your dad was with me. So with the epidural, it serves as a block for you to be able to still be awake and talk and, and all that. But technically, you can't, it blocks out the pain receptors so that you could push effectively and all that. Mm. So it was an emergency. So they brought me to the OR, got me on the table, sterilized my area, prepped and draped me. And he was in a lot of distress at this point. So the doctor went ahead and said, I got to go in. You know, he localized the area with numbing agent, um, lidocaine or whatever he used. Mm -hmm. So he made some injections along the lower part of my belly and he kept touching with the scalpel. Can you feel that? It's like, yeah, I can feel that. And I'm in pain, the contractions. It's like, okay, how about now? How about now? Like, doctor, doctor, we need to get the baby out. Yeah. Okay. I got to go in. Slice. I felt everything oh my no 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 I felt everything I screamed so in the OR you have your arms strapped they have their velcro to the arm boards yeah okay they are velcro to the arm boards so for your safety so that you don't fall off or you don't really I pulled my arms out of the velcro straps and snatched down the drape trying to get to the trying to get to him to stop oh i'm like God. i feel it i feel it your dad didn't know what to do i was screaming i was crying and so they had to put me to sleep and put a, a tube in my mouth so i had to be intubated yeah but i i felt him go through the layers of skin and the reason is because my epidural 
ran out and they hadn't had the replenishment. They didn't have the bag. Oh my They're waiting for the bag, but they couldn't wait. They had to move forward because the baby was in distress. Yeah. And so he thought giving me a lot of numbing agent would be able to be sufficient for what we're doing. And it that is traumatic. It's traumatic. And you know, I went back a couple more times and had y'all. <laughs> it was so, it was so nerve wracking. I don't remember anything else, but I think I, no, I do remember, no, before I went out, I remember them pulling Brandon, pulling my baby up, putting him by my face. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was being intubated, so I couldn't really do much. Afterward, I was able, you know, went back to my room and everything and was uh, very lethargic, very, very, yeah, and then a lot of pain. So the recovery, uh, you asked me about the recovery, was hard because, well, I'm going to, let me qualify that by saying it was hard in the sense that my belly was cut transverse straight across, you know, going straight straight across, low incision, I was happy about not having to get stitched up down there. Uh But what happened is my doctor came in the next day and I was up and around walking because they need you to walk after having surgery. It helps with recovery, right? It helps with recovery, get the blood flowing, get any clots or anything that's formed in there and get it to come down and and be expelled. And so what happened is, um, he came in the room and the phone cord, I think I had the telephone, you know, we had those old time telephones with, the, with an actual cord tethered to the wall. It was over, it was like across the bed or something. And, and based on where I was standing, I had to step over the cord. Oh my goodness. To get to him. And, I, and he said, and the baby was in the bassinet. And I was like, oh, Dr. Dr. So-and-so, you're here. He said, yeah, I'm here. How are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm doing great. And I stepped over the cord, like one leg at a time. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. Oh my gosh, how did you do that? But what I did was I like bent my knee. I didn't lift my leg. Right. I bent my knee and swung my lower leg over the cord and, and uh-huh. walked over to the baby. And he said, you know, it's a good thing you're young because you look great right now. Mm. It, based on what you've been through, 30 something hours of labor, a traumatic C-section. Again, I'm paraphrasing. He said, you, you look wonderful. Yeah. I said, thank you. But when I got home, it was hard because the baby was colicky, had a lot of gas yeah. and required rocking. And he didn't like the back and forth rocking. He liked the side to side rocking. Oh, of course so he did. Of course he did. You know, so I couldn't console him. I couldn't console him, right? Well, at least not in the way he wanted. And so my mom came in and she would, um, I stayed with my mother for two weeks after, for one week after each one of you were born and, or two. Well, it's been so long, child, I don't remember, but I I know I went right there after each one of you. And I thought that the baby loved her more than me. Oh, no. Because he responded to her being able to rock him and I couldn't do that right so there's a little resentment there until I got that cleared up right feeling inadequate feeling like I wasn't ready to be a mom I I I get it (laughs) 
I sure get it. And I definitely, you remember those nights when I was in the room, boohoo crying when he's crying because I couldn't Mm -hmm. figure out what was wrong with him. He was colicky and Mm -hmm. Jason had really bad colic. It was so, it was so bad. And, and I couldn't get any rest. And you had to come in there almost every night, just pick him up and take him out to the living room. And I'm like, oh, but that was really hard. And I get it, mom. I don't know what I'm doing. But you're doing better now. And even there's times where things still aren't clear. The fact is you've had over a year now to get to know your son and he's gotten to know you. Exactly. And it's and beautiful. Get off me. He will not leave <laughs> you alone. How old is he now? 18. He's 18 months. He is 19 months in a few days so yeah he's a year and a half what a big boy he is he is so I think what this what I wanted to convey during this segment I'm pregnant that that Mm. title it, it speaks volumes because you don't know what to expect when you're becoming a new mom or because you don't, you may or may not want to be pregnant. You may, you know, there's so many things that are going through a young lady's mind because your life changes forever. The dad's life changes forever too. Yeah. But the baby didn't ask to be here, right? So now all of that responsibility is on you. If you're by yourself, you have to think of the baby first. Remember those lessons? Yeah. You got to get him in order first and then you can take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure his needs are met or her needs are met before you really can fully think of your own. You want to be able to sustain yourself too and don't lose yourself. But the right. baby, in order for you to maintain some sense of calmness about you, make sure the baby's needs are met so that when you go to take care of yourself, You don't have a screaming child in the background or a dirty diaper that needs to be changed or, you know, they're fed. Check all, all areas. You said, you told me, check every box, make sure, check their diaper, make sure they're cold, make sure they're fed, check Mm -hmm. if they're teething or they may have a diaper rash. Yes. And those are like the basic, I think, I I think those are the basic check boxes. Yeah. You know, to, that, to that we want to address. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. And thank you for saying that because that makes me feel like I was able to help you in some kind of way with that. Because, you know, one day I know, remember Jace was crying one time and he, we just couldn't figure out what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me just check his pamper. You go, no, I just changed his pamper. But what we didn't realize was he was chafing in his bottom. Yeah. He had his bottom is was red you know so and and so it's like oh okay so we clean them with soap and water yeah. at that point don't don't use the harsh chemicals on the or not the harsh chemicals but the chemicals on the diaper wipes can sometimes be more irritating than soothing at that point so get some nice clean soap and water nice warm sudsy water and clean that bottom and then apply a skin barrier cream Right. of your choice you preferably when sinking back, yeah uh, vaseline or something yeah. something with zinc in it to help heal the skin 
you okay. know, like a zinc-based product if unless they're allergic. But that's that was one of the biggest causes because they just don't know how to articulate. But you learned how he communicates. Exactly. So I think yeah. my advice for pregnant mamas, new mamas, mamas of, you know, just be patient. Mm-hmm. Understand that it's it's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world when you get pregnant. It actually, even though it may feel like you're being detoured, it's actually going to get you in alignment to your own path and your own journey. Um, yep. You're going to figure out how to live life the way that you need to live life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the lessons that I've learned since I got pregnant is he actually didn't take me off track. He actually got me back on track. There, you. Oh, that's good. That is really good. Yeah, because he gave you. He was able to help you focus. Yes, he helped and me focus. He helped me get closer to God. I actually got closer to God while I was pregnant because, yeah, I, I didn't know who to turn to at times. You know. Yeah. But it really helped. Like I think that's going to be for another episode because we're about to wrap it up here in just a second. But babies are a blessing not a burden they are a blessing so I would just say to cherish it to cherish the moments to cherish the time that your child is in your belly you know because I'm like I miss that time of being pregnant at times I'm like wow that was such a beautiful moment like your body is literally creating a whole nother being oh an entire being yes ma'am and then one day you'll be able to have podcasts with them and businesses yeah. with them. And, you know. That's right. That's right. And I'm I'm so blessed to have you, baby. I love you. And That's thank you for this venture. This is awesome. Talking about I'm pregnant with my daughter. Oh my goodness. Who would have thought? Until next time, podcast listeners, be good, be safe. Take care.